Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Soulful Connections with Sam Black. Here, you will find opportunities for healing, renewal, and insightful conversation. Sam is an international psychic medium, trainer, and wellness coach, and is your answer for filling the soul. Good afternoon again. Welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm your host, Sam Black. I'm so excited to be joining you in this snowy afternoon with my good friend, Sharon Byrne Morris, and we're going to be sharing all kinds of insight around healing and energy and being in the right place at the right time and all of that good stuff. And, you know, we had a little bit of fun trying to get the show going for some reason. It just, uh, you know, we were having a little bit of challenges, but that's totally okay because we've tested it and we're back and we know that it's working brilliantly now. And I'm so excited to welcome Sharon to the show. So Sharon has so much insight and she's had an incredible journey from Wales to Canada, from a legal field into a space where she's helping others to heal energetically and beyond. Sharon, welcome to Soulful Connections. Hi, Sam. Thank you. Nice to be with you. It's wonderful to have you. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing fantastic. Um, The best place to be today is in the house, right? (laughs) uh, Yeah. It's pretty. I I love this weather. It's lovely to watch it from the window. Uh, It sure is. For those of you who are not um, in Ontario, we have like this beautiful light snow happening. And it's accumulating not too bad out there, but it just looks so beautiful. Um, So we're here on a snowy afternoon And uh, we're just so excited to be joining all of you. So, Sharon, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your beautiful accent, and how you came to be working on your healing journey. Okay. Yes. Um, Yes, like I said, it's it's so excited to be with you, Sam, Um, after meeting you a couple of years ago when I was doing the coaching program through you. Um, it's um, yeah, it's it, it's so special to meet people like you, um, and to be in a community where people are are caring about each other and are um, uh, they invest in other people's wellness, um, which I guess is what I do now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I came from I moved to Canada about 20 years ago, um, and um, yeah, with my children. Um, I was a paralegal at the time and uh, was working in the insurance industry for the last, well, uh, 20 years plus, really. Um, So that was an an amazing experience. I learned a lot, obviously. I learned a lot about the law (laughs) Um, and uh, so a lot about um, how people um, gain access to money um, when they've had a, an accident. Um, and so that's what the insurance industry is there for. The, that's what we, I was doing, personal injury. Um, so basically how I uh, started on this journey um, uh, was um, I had my own spiritual awakening um, probably about uh, 15 years ago, actually. 
um, just after my, my first marriage broke up. It was a really sad, um, depressing time, really. Um, there's uh, not many things that are um, as bad as, as the breakdown of a marriage. And so, you know, I, I went through all the motions. I, I lost, um, well, I didn't lose faith because I never had any up to that point. <laughs> um, so basically what I did was um, I hit rock bottom and sort of asked the universe to, to guide me. Um, and it did. It did. It brought me some signs. It it brought me um, a book called The Power of Now, which I'm sure many of your re- uh, your listeners will be familiar with, and you yourself. Um, and um, I asked the universe for help. I asked for abundance, uh, and that's where my journey started, Sam, um, right the way through to where I am now. Wonderful, wonderful. And it's so interesting how we all have those moments in time, those little wake-up calls or awakenings where we can really pinpoint those moments where we were, what we were feeling, the messages that came to us and how we shifted ourselves from that space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, it is. And, and so that is uh, a light that switches on in someone's head, whether it had been a seed. I think it was always in me. I remember having these... Um, feelings as a child. Um, I was told not to feel. Um, in Wales, um, there was a, we were near um, farmland, and every spring the lambs would cry. And every spring I'd feel this heaviness in my heart, and I didn't know what it was. Um, I'd feel sadness for the loss um, uh, of, of, of everything, sadness in the world. I remember thinking, how can I go through life feeling this? And I was told not to feel that. Um, the, the, the adults around me, society, told me that that wasn't cool to, to feel that. So you better push those emotions away, Sharon. You better you better keep them locked inside because you're going to look like a bit of a weirdo <laughs> if you keep thinking <laughs> that. <laughs> um, and so so that was really... Oh, sorry, Sharon. Somebody got to the door, so hang on. I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> Sharon, you continue your beautiful story. Yes, absolutely, Sam. So I continued on this journey um, uh, throughout my life, really, and then there was this um, happen uh, stance. Well, there are no uh, coincidences in the world, as we know. And uh, a, a young gentleman knocked at my door offering me piano lessons about seven years ago. Um, turned out to be the beautiful soul friend of mine called Alex. Um, who um, really woke me up, um, made me aware of why I do what I do, why I, I suffer the way I suffer, why I, I think, why I judge, why I gossip, um, why I have bad feelings, why nothing is ever quite good enough. Um, and, uh, you know, he just asked me a question, do you know, want to know what it is? Do you know why, do you want to know, sorry, why you do what you do. That was the question that was posed to me. And I was like, yes, I do. I do. And I'd already been awakened. I already had this yearning, this for something else, um, some kind of soft place in the universe where I'm supposed to be, some kind of work that I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm supposed to learn about love now. I'm supposed to know what that is for the first time in my life because many of us don't, don't know what that is. We think we do. And that's a whole different conversation <laughs> that we can have. 
um, but we don't know what love is, um, not, not until we, we've experienced it for ourselves and within ourselves. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, so that was the beginning. So I was moved through a program, this, this guy, this friend of mine, uh, who uh, is a musician who lives and works in the Hamilton area, um, I, I, I was guided through his program, um, and I was so immensely moved and changed um, uh, through that experience that I knew at that point in time this is the work I wanted to do, hence me leaving the insurance industry um, and, um, and, and healing people. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I, I love how you were just asked the right question at the right time, and also that whole piece around, you know, the gossip and, and things that we do. Why do we do them? I know so many of the listeners can relate because I've had clients even say to me, you know, I'm doing my meditation, but I'm still catching myself when I'm with certain people. We go down that rabbit hole and and I, I it doesn't feel good anymore. I don't do it anymore. And it serves as such a distraction, and it also just separates humanity so greatly that um, I love that you mentioned that because that's not what a loving behavior looks like. Certain, And more importantly, it's not what a self-loving behavior looks like because as we are sharing those things about others, we're really looking inward and sharing what's mirroring coming from within. Yes, yeah, we're, we're, we're sort of, um, we're sort of filling a void, really. Um, there's, there's a, it's, a, it's a lack, it's a place of, of lack that you have. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and really, we are, um, we've been doing that since caveman days, by the way. I just read this the other day in a book, in Sapiens, actually, it's a book about humans. And uh, we've been gossiping um, and one of the greatest fears um, of a human being is to be cast out from society because in the olden days, that would mean instant death. Uh, you didn't have a you know, Walmart to go and go to shopping in. You had to, you were out, you were out, you were dead. And so in order to gain trust, gain some kind of power within a group, um, we would sit around circles and we would gossip and possibly ostracize people and put them in their place. And guess what? People are still doing that in offices, in schools, in Parliament. Um, this just happened in the U.S. right now um, with Donald Trump. Um, it's mm-hmm. all it's how people behave. They they put others down in order to make themselves um, feel um, worth something, right? Right, right. Especially when they're operating from that place of lack and fear, as opposed to love and abundance. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and that, that's where the hurt child comes in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the hurt child. Well, in all of us, um, it, we are all born um, with a, I don't know if uh, you or your, your listeners are aware of the, the consciousness levels, Um that each living human being has sort of devised by a guy by the name of Dr. David Hawkins. Everything um, in this world uh, can calibrate either true or false and has this consciousness scale. Well, we're already born um, with a level of consciousness. Um, we are, our soul is, attaches itself to the human form and we're, we're brought into this world with this level. 
Um, we already know enough. We know everything that we need to know already when we are born. Um, but in the world of duality, of course, the world that we live in, we cannot see that. Um, if you can't see it, feel it, touch it, then it, it, especially in the school system, would never get that. Most parents don't get it. Society as a whole don't get it. So you have this little soul and that's come into this world that is full of love. It's full of um, wonder, um, appreciation. It laughs. It runs around naked. Um, it does everything that it is supposed to do, and then all of a sudden um, uh, things happen to, to make it feel unloved. Um, it's not getting the, the love it wants from the humans that are around it. It gets caught up in a school system that thinks it's stupid. Um, it gets yelled at, it gets beaten, it gets abused. Um, and, and that kind of abuse can happen on all kinds of levels. You don't have to be seriously abused. Um, you know, to, to feel that lack, lack of, of love inside of you. And so, so it's, it's basically you, you decide, well, okay, well, and actually, I'll, I'll give you an example, actually, of what happened to me. And, and Absolutely. Lots of people will think that this is just like, what is this? Eh? So I remember my father, um, who passed away in 2016, was the, he, to me, he was like a god, you know? He was this person that I wanted to be like, especially since I'd been told as a child and all my siblings had that we were supposed to be boys, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Oh, God, not another girl. You'll be amazed how many of my clients have that story. Uh, Sam, it's, it's incredible how women have been cast aside that way. Uh, men too, by the way. Um, and also, so, so, my, so here's my dad, um, who was, you know, un, un, not equipped to look after a little girl, who in my eyes, you know, didn't love me. In his eyes, well, I love her, of course I do, but in my eyes he didn't. And I remember this one day my mum and dad had got divorced and we had a caravan down in West Wales. It's like a little holiday home. Um, and we'd spend the summers down there and my mum and dad had broken up and my mother was super, super sad. And my father all of a sudden showed up on his motorbike and he was this god. And he came and I'm like, Daddy, Daddy, you know, in my little girl's he was the only person that could fix my mum and make us all happy and so he was standing in front of me and I remember this and my sisters were all around and they did not see this and they did not feel it because they have different relationships with the adults in their lives just like we all do and, uh, and I said daddy can you stay and he said well no I can't so my heart broke it broke. I said, Daddy, but, but please, can I come with you? And he goes, no, I can't. I'm only here for like half an hour. <laughs> so you can imagine what my, my brain thought of that. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I was, well, if the one person who's supposed to love me the most doesn't care enough about me and my sisters and my mum, then I'm not lovable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that was an agreement that I made myself with myself very, very early on. I'm not lovable, and of course that extends to, well, I'm fat, or I'm, I'm not tall enough, I'm, I'm not smart enough, um, I'm not boy enough. God, I, I used to puff out my shoulders in order to try and make myself look more like a boy, believe it or not. Um, you know, I don't have boobs. <laughs> 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 so 
But, but there's a real serious psychological damage that goes on when children feel unloved, right? And, uh, Absolutely. And, then you, and you bring that through through your your schooling, your relationships, your marriages, your relationships with your children. And those people who are hurt, okay, I'm going to mention his name again, sorry about this, but Donald Trump was never loved <laughs> as a child. He was never held. He was never made to feel safe or good enough. And until now he's projected that onto the world. Um, but he's just, you know, typical of an unloved child. Yeah. And there's there's so many. Um, it's really interesting to to see how how many of these um, public figures. And I say that because that's something most people can resonate to. They know these people, um, politicians, um, key people, and and you can really see their stories if you look a little deeper um, to anyone who you feel is either unjust, unkind look a little deeper into what the story looks like. It's, mm-hmm. it's, very, it's very easy to then build that empathy and understanding, not to justify actions, but rather to change and learn ourselves and how we can conduct ourselves. And I know I had a group of students who, you know, were discussing Donald Trump and, and how upset they were. And, and I finally, I shifted the conversation and expressed gratitude for him. And they all looked at me in shock. <laughs> like, surely you can't really be pro-Trump. <laughs> this show normally isn't political, but I'm going to share it anyhow because I think it's a valid story. And I said, well, I'm pro-humanity. I'm pro-love. And look at all of the women who are gathering together and going after better conditions for women and children because of something that he started. He planted a seed and instead of a weed growing, they've cultivated flowers all over, not just the United States, but the world. You have women banding together, which hasn't happened in a long time. And so some of them were a little quiet. Some of them were a little shocked. And, you know, a couple of them had said, wow, you're right, actually. There's so many movements happening. And I said, you know, when we have people or situations coming up in our life, I believe they're always showing up for us rather than to us. It's just about gaining the learning about why they're here. And, of course, he comes across as unkind because he's operating out of fear and he's promoting fear. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to respond in fear. Right. Um, And and that's... Um, that is exactly um, what happens to anyone. I mean, and in, in you can see it with the women's movement as well. I mean, there is women have been subjugated. Um, they've been treated as second-class citizens and enslaved for for thousands and thousands of years. Well, let's say hundreds of years. Sorry, because I don't know that for sure. I'm just making that up. I think. But I've, in in history, we know what's happened. But there's also a second um, victim. There and that is the male, um, the men. They've mm-hmm. had to silently agree to this, um, and in, you know, in, until male and female um, are equal, um, then there will there'll always be wars. There'll always be disagreement. The, the whole world is off because of this. And so you've got you know these you've got emotionally reactive people 
just taking a position on something and saying, okay, well, I don't agree with this, then you're wrong. Uh, Mm -hmm. How can you be wrong if you just don't know? Absolutely. We're just running the programs that we've got in place. And just looking at if it's not resonating, we just need to update our programming. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so and that is what or that is the what I offer in my program here in Dundas. Um, is that when when you start to heal your hurt child, um, it's 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 a reprogramming. Um, it's it's a it's a change um, in your world's view, really. Um, you heal your hurt child, that's the beginning of a process where you have to take 100% responsibility um, for your own feelings, for who you are in this world, your own actions. You take 100 doesn't matter what people have done to you, doesn't matter what's happened in your past, you take 100% responsibility for everything that you feel, and, and then you, you can connect to that. So, and then, so, so it's, it's, a, it's a, you have to change the way you see the world. Um, and you, you do that through meditation, by the way. That's a, that's a huge part of what I, what I teach. Meditation is super, super important. Um, so, so, yeah, so, so you know, it's, it's a process, right? Um, we are so conditioned. We, are, we, just, we just don't know. There's um, a guy called Kevin Trudeau, and uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, person, a lot of people, he's controversial, a lot of people like him, a lot of people love him, a lot of people hate him, um, but he uses the unconscious incompetency um, measure where you're unconsciously incompetent, so you just don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so the next level becomes a consciously incompetent. Well, yeah, now I know I don't know something. Isn't that fantastic? I don't, now I know I don't know this. I know that I don't know that now. And then that opens the gates. That opens your heart to, to the heavens, to, to the universe. Once you say, I don't know, you're inviting information in. You're asking. Um, but we, 78% of the planet are walking around in that space where they just don't know what they don't know. And this is their reality. Absolutely. That's so true. That's so true. And what comes after that, Sharon? Um, so after, so, so what comes, well, I, for me, what came after that, um, was a sense of peace. I had, once you have a spiritual awakening, um, nothing ever, ever, is ever the same again. Um, it's not a case of every day you wake up and you're trying to see the world through different lens. Um, it does once you've had that spiritual awakening, once you've done the work, um, everything, it, it's like looking at the world, um, uh, I don't know, through rose-colored glasses maybe. No, it's not that. Um, you just see everything differently. Colors are brighter. I spent weeks after my first spiritual awakening just walking around, running. I used to run. I don't anymore because now I'm not silly. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> my knees told me no more. Um, and I, I just run, and I'd catch people. I, I would I would. People would migrate to me. They'd say, hey, I want what you have. And I'm like, you already have it. It's inside of you. Come see me. I'm going to help you find it. Oh, there, there was this, you know. So, so you, have, you have all of a sudden access to seeing the world as a kinder, softer, loving, humorous place. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wouldn't we all want to be in that world as opposed to the one we're in right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the synchronicities for those listening, so when Sharon and I first met, I had this beautiful soul come into my classroom, and uh, the energy coming off Sharon is absolutely beautiful. When you meet her, you understand. And my background was that I've shifted to coaching and, and all the wonderful things that I do now because I'd been hit by an impaired driver a little over six years ago, and I received a brain injury, and I was never cleared to go back to my, my career. And here's Sharon, who she's been working in a legal field, helping the people who've been through these accidents. And so what's really interesting is when you're in that space in your whole world, it feels as though it's been ripped away from you. And you don't, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of hurt feelings and anger and regrets and and all of these things circulating. Now, I had done a lot of healing work before I met Sharon, luckily. However, it was a wonderful formation for me to meet Sharon in that field and see that on the other side of things, there are people who are actually caring and trying to help others through that process. So I imagine, Sharon, all the people that you worked with through the personal injury um, firm really were wonderful teachers to you. Mm, yeah, the whole system was. Um, yeah. Um, I, I mean, the, the thing about the personal injury system is that um, uh, you have to, um, really you have to be a victim in order to get money because mm-hmm. You're not going to get a sorry. Um, you're not going to get anyone to undo the accident that happened to you. Um, and, and no one's going to say, hey, you know, here's $20 million, right? Um, you know, you have to be in this space in order to gain money. And and so I, miraculously what happens um, sometimes when, when people get their settlements, then they do start to get better. Sometimes they can return to work. But it's not that they do that consciously. It's that, that they, they're, they're in this, the jaws of the insurance industry. And, and if, you know, if you don't play that game, <laughs> then you, you won't get money, as simple as that. Mm-hmm. You need that because you've lost your job and, you know, you, you, can't, you can't do the things that you used to do. And, you, you know, you damn well deserve that also. Um, and so I watched this um, for so long and... and I remember speaking to this one particular client of mine, and and he basically said that to me. He was a, he was an enlightened guy, um, uh, someone who who had sort of I'd, I'd already had this inkling. He said to me one day on the phone, he says, um, "Why, why am I in this? Why am I doing this to myself?" And and you know I'd already started on that path to, to healing and taking personal responsibility. And I'm like, I I know the answer, but I can't tell you that now. I know what you want to say, but I can't have that conversation because you're in the system, right? You see how frustrating that was for me. <laughs> um, and, and so that, that made it urgent then for me to leave. I'd gained all this knowledge. I'd connected to my soul. I'd found love inside of me that I didn't think existed. And I'm like, I'm going to give that to the world. The world's going to have some of that, and you're mm-hmm. going to have it. And I can't do it now, but I'm going to figure, out, figure it out for you. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And and I know for me, I, that was one piece I really struggled with was 
they didn't feel like people cared about the truth. It came down to prove that you're sick. And I wanted, so I, I knew that connection of, you know, your thoughts become your reality. And I kept saying, no, I refuse to do this. I refuse to believe this is the rest of my life. <laughs> and, and what's really interesting is it was that lawsuit money created the space that you and I were able to connect because I had taken all that money and put it towards opening a wellness center um, so that other people could find places to heal. And that was the place that you came to for the training, which is a beautiful way um, of bringing all that together. Of course, I since, you know, I've closed the business. I'm working from home because I can reach more people this way. But um, but it's, it's beautiful how things all happen for a reason and all come together. And, and certainly that system... It, it's a challenging one. So I love your story and how you, you're you able to have that other perspective and able to help people heal. And you're right. It comes first from, first of all, taking responsibility for ourselves. It doesn't mean that things don't happen in our lives that we're not um, joyous about necessarily. However, they all happen for a reason. They're all stepping stones to get us where we need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's um, everything that happens happens for a reason. Um, I know that sounds simplistic, um, and mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, um, would well, a lot of people would agree um, with that. Um, and so, it, it, really, I mean, were you supposed to have that accident? You know, maybe the answer is yes. You were supposed to because yeah. now having that accident gave you access to this world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a space now where I, where I can own that. I know certainly five, four, maybe even three years ago, I wasn't there. Certainly I've, I've come to this place now and I realize that one thing that I said to my husband when I was told, I had been told many times I could not return to work, but when I finally believed what they were saying, uh, I said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to help people. Like, I just can't stop helping people <laughs> just because of this. <laughs> and when I think back to that now, I'm helping so many more people globally now, whereas then it was really just within my community. So, um, so yeah, it, it worked out. It was, it was definitely a journey, but it's, it's, um, it's bringing me closer to where I I need to be so um, but definitely I can imagine just like your client wanting to know why I can remember that why is this happening to me I'm a good person (laughs) why why is there no justice why all those questions I think they're very human questions and we just need to remember that we're having a human experience and at the end of the day it's really about our soul's purpose and where we're going Right, and and so who knows that the universe knows that God knows that, um, mm-hmm. right? That is, the universe was sending, well, they always sending us a sign. They're they're there all the time, but we don't always pick up on them. So it's clear that that your path was supposed to be that. It's clear that my path is supposed to be this. I had to go through every single thing in my life, painful things, um, good things. I mean, in order for me to learn the lessons I needed to, to get where I'm going. And, and I think it's a lot about, I, I do some volunteering 
uh, once a week at an old person's home. Um, because I, I think that it's super, super important to our soul how we leave this world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the lessons, it doesn't take, you could be 99 and still reach enlightenment just by someone saying the right thing to you. Um, you, could, you could also be 10 and, you know, some very enlightened, um, uh, beautiful young people are around. And, and so, you know, I... I That is our journey. You leave this world with love, knowing that your soul has a bigger purpose. You have a bigger purpose here. Don't limit yourself to to um, what the world thinks that you should you should be doing, Um, making money, right? Obviously, (laughs) we need to in the world um, to to exist. But but sometimes we make that the focus and, and forget about the rest. Um, and of course, that's a whole new conversation about abundance and about attracting money, right? Because that's what the, that's what you're doing. You're attracting. You're attracting everything. You attract. You attracted me. I attracted you. Um, right? Absolutely. So, and I'm grateful for it. <laughs> it's a beautiful karmic journey that we're on together. Yes, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And you mentioned earlier that meditation is a really big. Um, key medicine for you. Can you share a little bit about your experience with meditation and maybe some suggestions? Because I know often I hear from listeners that they've tried to meditate and they're not able to and things like that. And um, maybe just if you've had a really impactful meditation experience, can you share that with our listeners? Yes. Um, it's funny you should say that because I made a little note um, uh, to myself because I wanted to, to make sure that this was a message that I got out there. Um, <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that you should say that, but not. Um, you, you picked up on that quite quite astutely. Um, so I must be I, psychic. Something. You must be psychic, Sam. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, so I had my first my second, actually, spiritual awakening, the most impactful one that I had, um, was in a state of meditation. And uh, I was, and I've told this story so many times, but I love telling this story. It makes my heart... I love this story, too. <laughs> <laughs> you remember it. I was, I was meditating. I went downstairs to meditate in the front room where I did. And uh, every morning... And this one morning I went down there and I was going, I was going quite deep. Um, and I was just sitting there breathing. And all of a sudden, the, and it, I, I don't know how long it was, all of a sudden everything went quiet. Um, and there were, there were no birds singing. Um, I could hear the wind outside, I couldn't hear the wind, couldn't hear the, the heating system. It doesn't, nothing was going on. All of a sudden everything went quiet. And as I was meditating, I went outside of myself. I left my body. Um, I rose up into the room. I went out into the street. And I, there was a bird in the street. And I went inside this bird. Um, and I, I sat there and I looked at the world through this bird's eyes. I, I remember clearly its black little eyes. And I looked at everything and as it was sort of moving its head really quickly from le- left to right. I was doing the same and I was there. And everything went quiet. And you know that beautiful hue that the atmosphere gets just before a thunderstorm where it's heavy, but it's yellow. There's a tinge of yellow. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's what it was like. 
and I'm and I'm there, and all of a sudden I oh, what is happening to me? And so I traveled back into the house, um, and I opened my eyes, and there I had four cats at the time. I got five now, uh, and a dog, and uh, and I opened my eyes, and all four cats were just standing there in front of me, just looking at me. And there was a mouse that had been running around my house for a few days when the cats were playing with it. They didn't want this mouse to survive, funnily enough. And, uh, and so this mouse came out from under my piano and stood there looking at me. I, I kid you not, there were these, these five beings just looking at me. And so all of a sudden, and I don't know, it could have been 10 minutes or a half an hour, I couldn't tell you how long, the spell was broken and the cats shook their heads and um, the mouse darted away. And I just started to cry, and I cried, and I cried, and I'd, all of a sudden I had seen, through meditation, the world in a totally different light. I, could, I saw it through the eyes of other beings, which was the most important thing. I was actually, I, was, I wasn't vegetarian at that point, but I became vegetarian and vegan right after, after that. I could never eat another animal now because all of a sudden I connected to them in such a profound way. I, so I felt them. So that was my meditation experience. Now, can, you, can everyone have access to that? Absolutely, you can. You yeah, can I believe access. that as well. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a gift. It's, it's a gift that you... That's, I mean, it's a state of being that is there with you all the time. Meditation doesn't mean giving up something and going to something and seeking something. It's like, it's like seeking enlightenment or trying to be cool. The more you go after it, the further away it's going to get from you. Um, when you switch off the, the, those thoughts of I need, I want, I want to experience that, and you quiet yourself and go inward, that's where that you can have those kinds of experiences. And, so you, and you're feeling, you're freeing yourself from your mind, um, Right, and, and, you, and as Eckhart Tolle put it, you're watching the thinker, right? There's, there's yeah. the duality of people. You you have the knower and the thinker. So all of a sudden, you you you're you're just you're experiencing yourself in a different way. You're experiencing yourself as the love, um, the um, the child, the the person that you were meant to be. And, and and that that's what so so meditation is it's crucial it's not just a, people come to my program and I know people don't like to meditate and I'm like did you meditate this week and they're like <laughs> mm, no I hate meditation I'm like okay well let's try and figure out a way that you can meditate then if you you don't have to sit there like the Buddha with your legs crossed for for two hours um, you can you can find meditative states by creating art. Um, playing music, by looking at a child, by hugging your dog, walking in the forest. There are ways that you can meditate, but what, one thing that you must do is constantly watch your thoughts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, my most profound meditation moment was actually not in a time when I was sitting on my own. I was actually at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, and it's so wonderful when you go there. If you've not heard of this, um, check it out. It's summer camp for grown-ups, really. And you have thought leaders and teachers from around the world that come and you study with them. And this particular time, um, I've been there 
I've been there um, multiple times, but this particular time I was there to study with um, Dr. Brian Weiss for past life regression. And each morning, each morning they offer, well, actually it's each morning and each evening they offer meditation. um, They've got this beautiful healing temple up in the woods and it's just, it's just gorgeous. And so part of the meditation we were doing um, sitting, we would do a walking meditation and then end thing. So during the walking meditation, I was walking outside and I just received the message that um, something about my children and ultimate love. And I was acknowledging and, and I opened my eyes and in front of me were five little chipmunks. And they had been chasing each other and they turned and looked at me and then continued playing and running up a tree. And for me, I have five children. So right away, it just totally resonated with me. And um, so I thought, okay, well, maybe I'm just reading too much into this. Um, And then all of a sudden, the five chipmunks ran right back down and were practically standing in front of me. And it was just the most beautiful experience. Um, And, you know, then we continued our walking meditation and went back inside and sat down. and, And I just felt so calm and peaceful and connected and it was just absolutely beautiful and you know I think the most important part with meditation is to have that consistent space and you had mentioned each day you go down to the front room and that's where you would do your meditation and that's really the best thing that you do is just be consistent and you know do what works for you try different forms as well and it's beautiful the healing that it can bring Right, yeah. I mean, you can't expect everyone to, to do it that way. And, and I, I think um, the Buddha's followers um, always thought that enlightenment wasn't for them. That wasn't their purpose. Um, it was the purpose, of, it was his purpose. I believe that, that that's, that's mm-hmm. what he said. And, and that everything that they, they did, um, I mean, they couldn't access what he could access because of the levels of um, um, access that we have due to the karma that we collect. We don't all have access to the same thing, um, but we measure ourselves by what other people do, okay, <laughs> which, which is damaging again, right? That's, that'll keep you limited when you think you're not doing it correctly. Um, that's right. That's a load of baloney. There is no incorrect way. You, you, you come to it... Um, from a place of your specific um, knowledge, um, you know, both intellectual knowledge as well as, as, as um, the, the knowledge of the knower, for want of a better expression. Um, and so, you know, yeah, everyone can, 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 you can work with that. You can, you can do that. But one thing that you, that is in, you have in common with everyone is that it has to be a practice. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to, to master this, I mean, if you want to be a good musician, a good artist, um, good at yoga, whatever it is, you practice um, to be that. And so it doesn't matter if you do five minutes or, or five hours. It's, it's the going back and pushing yourself through it um, that, that's going to count, that's going to get results. There, there is no Absolutely. going around it. And there's no magic pill. No, there's not. And it's that practice. I love that you mentioned that. And it's it's interesting because um, we call it a meditative practice. 
and yet I can't tell you how many times I've been asked, you know, how do I get better at meditating? <laughs> how does it become more natural? And uh, practice. That's right, right in there. So, um, so yeah, that's wonderful. And the other wonderful thing that you and I have in common is that love of sailing. So it was so interesting because my boys sail on tall ships. And before Sharon was to come to my training, I think it was just before, you were actually going to be sailing at the same tall ship festival as my boys. Mm-hmm. That's right. It was the beginning of Gaira um, Regatta Week and all the tall ships were coming into Hamilton Harbor. Right. Yes. 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 And, and absolutely. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So that was a really experience. And you know, it's it's wonderful to have those types of things because sailing as well can be such such an opening experience as far as connecting and trusting and all of those beautiful things. So, um, do you have a sailing story to share quickly before we go? Do I have any schedule for this year? Um, oh, no, yeah. sailing stories. Oh, sailing stories? Yeah. Um, okay, well, I have so many sailing stories, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it, it, it is where I, um, it's where I, I, I am actually um, so happy out on the water. I race mm-hmm. twice a week, and so um, um, I do that. But, but that, that brings me joy, but just to be out there with, with the wind... And I was caught out last year in a in a massive storm. Now we all need to do scary things, right, in order to grow. <laughs> and uh, and I was coming back from I think I'd taken the boat up to either Oakville or Bronte. I can't remember one of the two. And I was coming back with um, my brother, my sister, and one of my girlfriends, Teresa. And the mother of all storms came in. Oh my my my! And um, actually, it was terrifying. We couldn't get the sails down quick enough. And my poor brother was up on the coach roof yelling and clinging on to the mast for dear life. Um, and, um, you know, that experience um, uh, was a spiritual one. It, 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 was, uh, it, it made me um, grow as a sailor, of course. But, but even more than that, it gave me a deep sense of, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. It, it, Absolutely. It, it extinguishes any self-doubt that you have in the world because we all have that self-doubt, um, can I, should I, am I good enough, oh God, and you know what, you just get out there and you do it, you take that boat out, you might get in a bit of trouble, that's okay, you, you want to leave the legal world and go and do this work, you might get, you know, you might have some hiccups, but go do it, just get on that bike and keep going. Mm-hmm. The Absolutely. The world. You are good enough. Can do you that. are good enough. And And sometimes, we can't control all the conditions around us, mm-hmm. but we can trust that we're supposed to get where we're going. Stay on course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as one of my favorite people, um, the Echo Tolle said, um, uh, experience this moment like you chose it. Um, mm. All the good and the bad. Um, just quickly, my sister, my Joanna, and I, every morning, without fail, we text each other three things that we are grateful for, the good things, the bad things, um, especially the bad things. Just, you know, you chose this. This is what's in your life right now, um, whatever you're going through, and there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. Just to own it. Just take it on. 
Beautiful. And that's a wonderful practice as well, that piece around gratitude. And Sharon, I'm so grateful that you joined us today on Soulful Connections. I love connecting with you and, and you know, listening to your insight and wisdom. Um, do you have, um, can you share with our listeners how they can connect with you? And if you have anything coming up, do you have any events coming up or just your program in general? How can they work with you? Well, I have, um, I have, uh, I do a one-on-one. I have a, a 12-week um, experiential program that I run out of the studio at home. Um, and uh, that is, I do, I, I do the life coaching, but that is the main focus, the, the, the experiential stuff. That's where you begin to hurt, heal your hurt child. So I have a website, SharonBurnMorris.com. Um, and uh, there's, my contact information is, is all there. Uh, and I'm, I'm always happy just to chat with people if, it, if they, they want to know more. What is it that you, you know, how can this benefit me? Um, and, uh, and I also have, I'm super, super excited. I have a couple of workshops coming up with uh, Moda Yoga um, here in, in Dundas and in Stony Creek, I believe. The first one's on the 31st of March and then the second one's on the 14th of October where we're going to be exploring a little bit about how we don't allow people to look at us. Mm, um, I love that. What are we avoiding? Um, and so we, we'll have it'll, it'll be a bit experiential where we'll, we'll we'll have people just look at each other and kind of feel that uncomfortableness, you know. And um, it's uh, yoga teachers are very familiar with that exercise, and I've done it before with my friend Alex, and it was very very impactful. So I'm super excited about that. But you, you can contact me through my website at any time. Wonderful. I love that activity as well. I always bring that into my teaching. And uh, we grow from that discomfort, but we also remember how connected we are with everyone when we do that as well. So thank you so, so much for joining us. I'll look forward to another day. Yeah, thank you so much for um, for this experience and having me on. Um, any any opportunity that we get to to spread the word that really love is all you need um, in this world, um, I, I'm going to take it. <laughs> it's it's a great opportunity through through you and I and I just love you, Sam. You are so amazing. I love seeing your stuff. On oh, thank you. Thank you yeah, so you're much. A beautiful light in this world. Oh, thank you. I'm a big hug, Sharon. And remember, if you're trying to connect with Sharon, I have her contact information in the description of this episode. As well, if you're looking to connect with me, you can always do that at www.samblack.ca. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, Sam Black Psychic Medium, and also on Facebook, Coaching Solutions with Sam Black. So... A little bit about where you can find me over the next little while. As some of you know, I am on my spring tour right now. Last weekend, I was in Sudbury, Ontario. This weekend, Niagara Falls, Ontario for my So Saturday, we're going to be playing all with intuition. And on Sunday, tapping in to connecting with spirit through the mediumship side. The following weekend, I will be in Los Angeles. This will be the only time I'm offering my Chakra Boot Camp in L.A. this year. Um, I will be offering the Chakra Boot Camp on the 9th of March, Colby Rebel Spirit Center. And we are going to be going through the chakras, through healing, 
and um, uncovering some limiting beliefs, but also gathering together your medicine for healing chakras. As well, on that weekend, on the Sunday night, I will be with my good friend, Aaron Pruitt. We will be sharing messages from Spirit with a exclusive limited audience. So it's a really intense uh, event. You can find out more about that as well, either at AaronPruitt.com or SamBlack.ca. And then two weeks later, nearing the end of March, I will be in Regina offering my chakra boot camp again. And this is after the last time in 2019 I'll be offering chakra boot camp in person. And we're going to be doing a lot of fun events in Regina. And then in April, I will be at the SUNY Sullivan Conference, Women's Conference. Last year, I had a wonderful time. I'll be offering two workshops there again this year. And I believe that's on April the 9th. So lots of opportunities to connect with me. I'm so looking forward to connecting with you. Please feel free to follow this show. If you're really enjoying it, you can subscribe on Blog Talk Radio and also on iTunes, Soulful Connections with Sam Black. I'm wishing you all so much love. I can't wait to connect with you soon. I will be back here tonight with my soul niece. Shirley Felder was on the show a few weeks ago. I told you all she's my soul sister. Her amazing, gifted, talented daughter, Jasmine Gonzalez, will be here with me tonight at 8 p.m. It's definitely a show you won't want to miss. All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I'm sending you so much love.